Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. So today I'm going to be talking about frequency of sex and when it changes from a quantitative problem to a qualitative problem. And um, you'll see what I mean by that as soon as we dive into that topic. First, please do subscribe. Most recently, I discussed why children have trouble empathizing for more success with more successful parents. And um, I have a whole bunch of others. I have about 92 episodes now out of about 370. So that should that's a fair amount for you to be listening to. Of course, there's lots of them on sex, relationships, some on parenting, some on self, boundaries, needs, uh, neediness. I have the attachment style one that is a good uh, overview of all attachment styles, which you should have listened to before the other attachment style ones. And um, I think I even have some of the dynamics between couples, like Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife. That one may be there. Unsubscribe. Anyway, uh, you should definitely subscribe. And please do also follow me everywhere on social media. Um, and my Facebook group. I have a lot of people now in my Facebook group, so you should join that. There's like lots of memes and advice and all sorts of stuff. Not therapeutic advice. You're not in a therapy relationship with me from joining that. I just mean people tend to give each other advice in the group. But anyway, um, okay, so there are two inflection points that I see in my practice working with couples and individuals um, when the sex life starts to change, right? And so... A lot of couples are having sex all the time uh, at first, and then it starts to change. And there's one point at which it goes below what would be um, the amount that the guy, at least, wouldn't masturbate. You know, and um, some guys are going to masturbate no matter what. And the more addicted to porn they are, the more they're going to masturbate no matter what. But uh, the average guy does not really want to masturbate within his marriage. He wants to be having sex, you know. And so at some point, it transitions from how much you're having sex that you don't need to masturbate to how much you're having sex that you do need to masturbate. And by need, of course, I know it's not like food and water, but you feel like you need a physical release, same as people, you know also aren't going to die if they miss eating for a day. But, you know, most people do still feel hungry three times a day. Um, Anyway, so at which point is that? I mean, it tends to go when it's below like three times a week, even maybe two times a week. So two or three times a week, then the guy is fine not using porn, not masturbating, and basically making his whole sex life about his wife, which I think is great. And you can refer back to my podcast on sexual codependence, which is, I think, a good part of uh, being married is that you are only dependent on one another for sex. And that is a nice, special thing that you share, you know. And while many men, most men, remain monogamous, many don't fully remain monogamous 
because then they start using porn, which seems to basically be like barely anybody does like uh, no porn masturbation nowadays. So once you're involving other women and looking at other women in your sex life, I mean, you're not you're not really monogamous, you know, not not fully. Your brain doesn't feel like you are because you're you're tricking your brain into thinking that you're having sex with multiple women, <laughs> which is why a lot of men overinflate their libido by having sex, you know. Uh, sorry, <laughs> would that it were so by watching porn, um, because your brain starts to think you're screwing all these women. So like your sex drive is like, uh, you know, like super high. And that's why a lot of guys that are addicted to porn, by the way, don't want to stop because when they stop, then their sex drive goes back to something that's kind of normal for their age. And then actually that's much better for their relationship, but their ego takes a hit because they don't, um, you know, they, they, they don't, they're not getting off multiple times a day or every day anymore. They don't feel like they need to because they're not, you know, mainlining these uh, super attractive women doing all crazy shit into their brains with porn. But anyway, uh, the porn stuff I've discussed a lot in other podcasts. But right now what I'm saying is, um, there is a change when a guy realizes that like his wife isn't going to basically fulfill his sexual needs, um, herself, you know, that he feels that there's going to have to be another outlet. And usually I don't even really tell people to stop. I, I always tell people to stop using porn, you know, but if, if you're, you know, a guy in his like, you know, 30s or something and your wife's only having sex once a week, I mean, it is you know, you can try to wait, you know, that would be nice. But a lot of guys are at least going to want to masturbate one other time during the week. So, you know, when it drops below a few times a week, that's when there start to be uh, extracurricular activities such as masturbation. That changes the dynamic of the relationship, you know, from something where you're fully meeting each other's sexual needs to where you're not. You know, so that usually happens after the honeymoon stage is over. Some guys are like, what the fuck? That never happened. Well, to you guys, that was a tremendous red flag, you know, and if and when you were to get into another relationship, there should at least be some period at the beginning where, uh, you know, you are fully meeting one another's sexual needs. That is that would be something to aspire to. Then the next uh, inflection point I see is when it drops below once every two weeks or once every three weeks. And then the guy at least sees like the clinical definition of sexless marriage is waving at him from the distance. And uh, he's like, oh, shit, we're going to be at like less than 10 times a year soon if this drops anymore. You know, definitely by the time it's once a month or less, then, you know, the definition is less than 10 times a year. I don't see why that's not 12 times a year. Um, but it's it's kind of it doesn't matter at that point it's so low so yeah so then once it's like once you've ever skipped like a month you know like there's been like a calendar month without sex then it starts to be very different then it starts to be like a very either depressive or a panicky feeling based in the guy and I say guy but sometimes it's women you know I've talked about that Sometimes a woman's a higher libido partner, but the partner who has a higher libido, most likely the guy, starts to be like, oh shit, you know, I'm going to end up in a sexless marriage. And for all intents and purposes, I kind of am in one because we aren't having sex anywhere near, you know, what would make me feel close. And then, of course, they get very anxious, the guys or or the women, but usually, you know, men in this situation, because every time that they have sex, it's, um, you know, could be like the last time for 
two to three weeks, if not more. So then they get really obsessed with making it better and like all this stuff. And then they get erectile problems or they come too quick or whatever the case may be because they're anxious. So, you know, it's, it's a whole it's a whole bad scene at that point. So how could you use this information to help you with your sex life and with your intimate life? I mean, this would be a good thing to talk about with your partner. There's a lot of women that don't want the guy to masturbate. Like totally understand, like, you know, you want to be totally close with one another. I mean, it would be like with the masturbating, especially if you're using porn, it would be like if you want your husband to take you out to dinner but like instead he's like taking a robot out to dinner, <laughs> you know, like it's like he's doing something that like you want, but it's with somebody else. So that's how he feels, you know, like he's like, it's not, he doesn't want to be taking any robots out to dinner. He wants to be taking you out to dinner and by this, you know, dinner is sex in this analogy. But really it's also very um, mythological that there are all of these men that aren't having sex that also don't want to do date night. What I, um, usually see and I mean there, there's plenty of avoidant guys that just want to have sex and not be romantic but that's not um, the majority because the majority of people are not avoidant attachment the majority of men are not avoidant attachment the majority are secure and preoccupied together will outweigh avoidant because the majority about 50% if not more of people are securely attached but um, after that there's more preoccupied than avoidant so the odds are is that you're with a man who wants, if he wants sex, he also wants romance. So he wants the date and he wants the sex. So it's not, it's not a good analogy except with avoidant men to say the way that you yearn for romance is the way that he yearns for sex. That's true with avoidant men and preoccupied women. But if the man is either securely attached or preoccupied attachment, then he yearns for romance and he yearns for sex. So, you know, um, e either way, he doesn't want to be fucking any robots. He doesn't want to be taking any out to dinner. <laughs> and the robot, of course, is the, you know, woman inside the screen. And uh, he wants the relationship to be with you. You want the relationship to be with him. Hopefully, if you're a woman um, that's married, if you don't care how much he masturbates, um, perhaps think about, like, that's not that smart, right? Because, like, like he's doing, so, it, it would be like him not caring if you had an emotional affair just because you're not having sex that would be stupid right because you you care in theory about like emotions and closeness and you would be doing that with somebody else he is doing it with somebody else honestly even if he's not using porn he's becoming solely dependent on himself for something that is not a solo activity so that's not good for the relationship it's like if you guys took walks every day after dinner and then he decided that instead he was going to run all right, I mean, I guess, like, it's good for your health, whatever, but, like, what about our time walking? There, we were close, we were talking, et cetera, et cetera. Ideally, he would go, like, lift or something some other time, and he would still do, like, your walks, you know? He would leave your walks as, like, a special thing. So the analogy, though, is what if then he just started lifting, right? Or he just started doing whatever the fuck. Like, your walks, you wanted to be, like, your time together to exercise and talk. So, you know, you could see how bad you would feel if he just replaced it. You don't really want your husband to be masturbating all the time. This isn't good. Like, I've, I've talked about this a lot. I've talked about with female masturbation, too. If your sex life isn't good, why are you getting more self-sufficient in that domain? You're already too self-sufficient. Either you don't care, 
which is selfish, right? Because it's all about then how you feel in any given second, or you are, um, you know, uh, getting used to something that isn't what another human being can approximate. So a woman can't do everything out of porn. She can't be the dopamine rush that porn gives you because she's only one person in real life versus a constant stream of images, you know, like getting right into your head. And of course, as I've discussed, a man can't be a vibrator because he can't. Um, and then if a woman gets addicted to a vibrator, she can't have an orgasm with the guy. So masturbation in general, unless your sex drive is way beyond anything I know for anybody that is monogamous in their, you know, uh, 30s, 40s, beyond. 30s and 40s, by the way, is a big change. Very, very big change. It's as big as from 20s to 30s. Actually, I think it's even bigger because in 40s, women start to go through perimenopause. Before that, they've not really had any hormonal changes it's all like body image this that all right fine yeah but you still have your hormones by 40 something you stop you know that's when women kind of change that's the estrogen drops and the testosterone is frequently not there at all so that is a big change so at that point and men start to look quite different in their 40s too even if they tell themselves they don't because their bodies are changing too and their hormones are aging so people in their 40s usually don't have a surfeit of sex drive to work with unless of course the man is fluffing himself by constant porn use um or taking testosterone or whatever and um you know, so you got to work with what you have. This is not a situation where any guy, I don't care how much porn he's using, is going to be able to jack off with porn in the morning and then get hard immediately again to have sex with his wife. It's just not happening. There's a refractory period. If it was a brand new woman, maybe. Maybe it's refractory. That's the honeymoon stage refractory period, which is shorter. But still, you know, and this is why sometimes I hear this in, in sessions. Guys are like very mad if their wife wants to have sex at a time that they just jerked off, right? Because they feel like they're trying to get out ahead of the problem and not have this buildup of sexual tension by masturbating. And then turns out she wanted to have sex. So this is why people need to schedule sex, at least implicitly, to know, for example, we have sex, you know, uh, on the weekends twice and then once during the week. And so then, yeah, that gets you up, by the way, to the three times a week, which a man definitely should be able to, to wait and not masturbate if he's having having sex that he knows he's going to have three times a week. Anybody listening to this podcast that's not, you know, living in a frat house uh, should be fine with your multiple children, your job, and everything else. You know, you could be fine waiting for your three times a week sex. I, I, I say that is, uh, it's, it's pretty, it, it's a pretty big, um, that would be a pretty big ask for somebody who was like 16 years old, but it's not a big ask for somebody who's 45 years old, 46 years old, right? It isn't. So, and a lot of guys would be super happy with three times a week. So if you're listening to this, you could also say, all right, if I want to have a happy relationship, more of a happy relationship, what's something I could try? If I like numbers, maybe I could try to increase the rate to three times a week. Because I do have people that have sex like three times a week or more. And those people always have, you know... Um, a different kind of connection in my office. So, of course, I don't see people who have wonderful, perfect lives at all because then they wouldn't be coming into couples counseling and are any people really, you know, have perfect lives anyway, begs the question, whatever. Point is, the people that I do see, I still do see a range, right, of how often people are having sex. And I'll tell you, the people that are having sex a few times a week, even more than the people who have sex a couple times a week and way different than the people who have sex one time a week, 
on way different, of course, than the last. So that's kind of what this episode is about, is there are these inflection points. But the ones that are doing it a few times a week, it's a different game. Like, they could be fighting, they could be mad at each other, whatever, but there's still a romantic connection. You still feel that there is a a couple sitting in front of you versus two completely separate people, which is frequently how it feels when people have no sex life at all or have a very minimal, uh, low-frequency sex life, which, as I said, could be classified into two categories, the ones where it's uh, less than what they can um, not masturbate with and then the ones where it's basically rolling up to a sexless marriage any day now. So, you know, this would be a good one to discuss with your partner only in the situation that your partner wants to hear from me because many don't, you know, I'm a niche taste here. Like a lot of, like, you're not going to get every woman being like, oh, I love listening to her. She's like so warm and fuzzy and validating. Like they're not, you know, so, um, and the women that do listen to me, by the way, it's funny because frequently they then are the more proactive partner and their husband doesn't want to listen to me, you know, tell them what's what for 15 minutes. So, you know, it is rare that both people will like to listen to me the same. And if you're in one of those situations, this is certainly a good one to discuss. But if you're not, then you yourself can create the conversation without me and my voice that not everybody loves. I hear this on TikTok, unfortunately. Some people seem to have terrible taste in human voices. <laughs> and, you know, it told me that I sound like Marissa Tomei in, um, in My Cousin Vinny, which I take as a compliment because I love her and she went to Edward R. Murrow, my high school, but 17 years earlier. Um, anyway, so that was just a lovely comment from a, a fan. But anyway, so if you are somebody who wants to bring this up as a conversation, you don't need me in your spouse's ear. You could say something like, wow, you know, I was thinking about it. Do you feel any different when we're having sex three times a week versus one? Because I don't, but like, I guess, you know, some people really do. And I mean, your, your husband in that case would be like over the moon, happy, much happier than ha listening to me, you know? And he would say, wow, yeah, I really do. Like I, and then you could be like, well, what's the, what's like the least amount of time that you still feel connected during the week? And he'd be like, I think maybe two times a week. He's lying. He's lying. He means like three times a week, like I told you, but he'll be like, oh, I think two times a week. And then you'd be like, okay, well then let's try two times a week. And then you've had like a wonderful exchange that was, you know, spark by this podcast, but you didn't need me exactly there. Um, you know, you didn't need to share a link. I appreciate all of you that share the links, but I'm just trying to work with the ones who tell me, oh, my husband, my wife doesn't want to listen to you. Okay. Like, you know, it's a free country. You are still able to bring the conversation up yourself. And you should, because honestly, if you're the one who wants to share the link, then you, this is, this matters to you. So you really want to figure out how you yourself can bring it up. And this doesn't, of course, just go for this podcast, but for all podcasts. But if you are in the unique situation where you share stuff and your partner really likes it, well, then you probably should thank them and be like, you know, it's really nice that when I share you, um, when I share these podcasts or whatever with you, that you're nice about it. Because I hear that everybody isn't so nice about it. All right, that would be a good conversation. Always good to express appreciation. All right, well, uh, hopefully you got something out of this, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.